Okay, I'm trying not to be a total brat, but I was 20 minutes into um, recording a podcast, and I fucking lost it. And I do not want to repeat myself, but it's so unfair. It was going so well. I said so many good things. (sighs) But maybe I can sum things up. And just kind of pick up where I left off so that I can actually be excited about what I'm saying. So maybe if I can, um, if I can find the audio, I don't think I can. I've been looking and I can't find it. But maybe if for some reason or some way I can find it, I can add it to this or play it before this or I don't know. But I have just spent the past two days in Dallas and past, past three days, I guess, two nights um, in Dallas, I was only supposed to stay overnight. I was going to decorate, uh, accessorize our newest salon that opened up outside of Dallas in Euless. Um, so they needed like the plain decorations, whatever, to get the salon finished. And then both our Dallas locations needed Christmas stuff. So I really, really, really like to do that myself, buy the things and kind of visually set it up where I want it and give directions to our managers if I can't go set it up myself. So I did all of that for the Houston salons and then I decided, okay, I need to go to Dallas. I just keep, weeks just keep slipping by. So on Wednesday afternoon, I decided that's what I'm doing. So I drove out to Dallas on Thursday morning and I had the best time. If you watch my Instagram stories, I mean, I'm an absolute delight. Just a delight. Um, So it was great. Got to the salon and I'm not going to go into (laughs) detail because I did on the last podcast um, that got disappeared, that got disappeared, that I lost in thin air. Um, But the salon is not quite done with construction. We've had people moved in for like a month now and uh, there's a lot of detail stuff, but you know, important stuff that's not quite done. We've been having a lot of issues with our um, general contractor. And so the past two days have been um, stressful and we did get Christmas decorations bought. I bought some stuff to um, get the salon accessorized and it, I don't know, yesterday evening, I was trying to decide if I wanted to drive home or if I wanted to just stay another night in Dallas and nothing sounded good. Driving home four and a half hours after two really long days did not sound good. But today I'm actually on my way to my cousin's wedding who lives, um, outside of Wimberley, not lives. That's where the wedding is. Uh. So it's like, do I want to drive home last night for four and a half hours and then um, get back in the car from home and drive out to Wimberley? I'm like, oh, even though this means Steven and I can't ride to the wedding together, it just made more sense for me to stay in Dallas. So I stayed another night and I actually enjoyed myself so, so, so much. I got my nails done. I went to Target and I got some new face wash and a face mask and um, I felt like I needed some tanning lotion because I like to do some sort of self tan almost every day 
just like to, you know, stay even. So I bought the Jurgens Firming Daily Gradual Tanner. I love that one. Got that. Bought a Lupino Grigio. And, uh, yeah, headed back to Hotel Lorenzo. They're like, uh, didn't you just check out? I'm like, yes, I'm back. And laid in bed and watched some trash on TV. And then lately I've been really, really, really into these strange um, YouTube TV shows. So they're from, um, they're not British, isn't the right word. Maybe it is the right word, but it's not, it's English television. Um, And there's one called The Undateables. And the episodes are like almost an hour long, like 45 minutes. And it's about these people with some sort of special need or personality just personality disorder is not a thing or there's something wrong with all of them and then there's these special dating agencies that connect them with other people who either know that they have these disabilities or or things and don't mind or they too suffer from something and so there's people with um Tourette's and tics and um autism and all kinds of learning disabilities and it's these these companies that connect them it's so lovely it's so lovely and I love just watching reality tv and (laughs) it's just great so that's one of my favorite shows the undateables and there's like eight seasons six seasons but the way youtube like the way things show up I just try to hit one of them because it doesn't show up in order you know like on your on your search thing so I just I I can't say that I finished a a complete season of any of the seasons I just click on ones and try to hit ones that I haven't seen so I was watching some of those and then there's this other show that I found called Secret Eaters and I have this weird fascination with food I think it's a, a lingering um side effect from the food issues that I had a a lot well a few years ago for my whole life I think I was I I don't know I'm sure I've talked about it in a podcast before but like really obsessed with food I went to Overeaters Anonymous like I used to it used to control my life with guilt and stress and whatever and I was overweight and blah 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 but I I still have this fascination and curiosity about food and what people eat and I think this show is actually really smart so what they do there's these people that come on they do two people in an episode and the people feel like they're eating pretty well um, but they've either stalled in their weight loss or they can't lose weight and so the the host asks you know she gets a food journal like give me an example of what you eat in a day and of course these people say, well, you know, I eat this, this, and this, relatively healthy things. Most of them are like, I only eat 1,400 calories a day, or I only eat just below 2,000, which doesn't make sense as to why they can't lose weight, or why they're not losing weight, or why they're gaining weight, but they just say they just cannot figure it out. So then they, the TV show puts all of these cameras around um, their whole life so in their home in their work in their car and they also secretly have PIs following them and it's a five day um they're watching you for five days to see 
what's really going on because obviously there's things that are happening that you're not taking into account. Which reminds me, whenever I very first met with my coach, um, Mike Vacanti, I remember messaging him. I was seven months out after having Tori, my first daughter, and I felt like my weight loss had stalled, my body was squishy, like I couldn't figure it out. And I guess you read on the internet, like, if you don't eat enough, you're going to hold weight or whatever. And so that's what I thought my problem was. Like, I'm not eating enough, so I can't, my my metabolism is slowed down. I told myself this whole thing, and I was pretty convinced of it, because in my mind, I really thought I, I wasn't eating at all, hardly, you know? Um, I could have been perfect for this show, but Mike essentially explained you know, it's calories in versus calories out. So if you're not eating all day long and then you have a 3000 calorie meal and wine or whatever at the end of the night, you're not, you're not doing it right. You know, there's the calories are coming from somewhere. If you're gaining weight and there's not a major hormonal issue, the calories are coming from somewhere. But I mean, I think I lied to myself or was unaware of what I was doing. So obviously I fixed things and I'm, I'm in a good eating position and I don't really think about food that much and whatever but I love watching shows like this so every episode that I've watched of course they find that people are way overeating random things throughout the day and I was thinking like well okay well if I was doing this I think I would just absolutely behave because I knew cameras were watching me but to do it for five days I think people it's hard to do a a diet for five days And so I think somehow they actually really do get people to um, behave normally and they catch all that they're eating. So then at the end of the show, they surprise the people and lay out all of the food that they eat in a week or on a typical day and explain the calories in versus calories out. And then they have to sit back and watch the hidden footage of them eating kill me. I don't think anybody wants to watch themselves eat, especially like all of this kind of secret food. How humiliating. Um, But I think it's an eye-opening thing. I have no idea if this helps them lose weight or helps them become aware, I'm not sure. But it's a very interesting show to watch. So anyways, back to last night. I. a glass of wine I realized that I didn't have Benadryl with me and I always sleep with Benadryl (laughs) ever since I was pregnant with Stella my last pregnancy she's about to be three um I've needed to take Benadryl to go to sleep I don't even if I can fall asleep which is really hard I don't stay asleep but if I take one or two Benadryl then it's perfect it doesn't make me groggy it's just I don't know And I figure if you can take it while you're pregnant, how bad can it be that I'm doing this every night? It's an antihistamine, right? So um, I didn't have Benadryl, but I was really exhausted from driving in town and then the stressful day. And so am I talking about the first night? No, this is last night. Yeah, I was just exhausted. I was mentally exhausted, emotionally exhausted, and I was feeling really, really down. Um, but once I wrap my mind around like, no, I'm staying, I'm going to have a great night by myself, watch whatever I want to watch on TV, um, stopping at Target and getting all of the little goodies. And I just had a freaking lovely evening. Um, 
have I talked about <laughs> the hotel I stayed at? I cannot remember what was deleted in this or the last, but I stay at Hotel Lorenzo in downtown because we go out uh, whenever I'm I like to go out. I love the gay scene in Dallas. I just belong there. It's where my people are. Um, so I normally stay there because I'll go out with Michael one of the nights that I stay if I if I go. And I ended up staying there last night too, even though I wasn't going out, but just because I'm very familiar with the hotel. I think it keeps my anxiety slash depression down about traveling by myself. I just get this weird anxiety. So this hotel is just great. So I, I last night after we finished working, we went and had um, dinner and I said goodbye to Michael. He needed to go over to the other salon and do some things. And I went downstairs from our salon and got my nails done at the Great American Nail Company, I think it's called. It's right below Blue Lion in Euless, and it was fantastic. I drank a little glass of wine there. It was so interesting. They poured their wine in champagne glasses, which annoys the shit out of me just because it's wrong, but I think they do it so that the servings are smaller, but you still feel like visually you're getting a full glass. That, I, I feel like that has to be why they do it, or they just think it's fancier glasses. I don't know. I wonder if I would have ordered red wine if I would have gotten it in a champagne glass. Kill me. Not sure. Um, but I got my nails done, talked to them there. It was great, great energy at that salon. And then I went to Target, bought all my goodies, and really had a lovely evening by myself. And I woke up this morning, and it's a gorgeous day in Dallas and wherever the hell I'm driving to in Texas and um yeah just making this trip I wish I was with Steven I wish you know it sucks having to be away and the next week is going to be kind of crazy because he needs to go out to Dallas we've got to we're busting our asses to push this project to the finish line like it needs to be and make sure that things are to our standards um so Monday, Tuesday, Stephen's going to be back in Dallas. And then I think Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to come back. So it's going to be a lot of ships in the night. So I think we're more on edge with each other when we don't spend a lot of time together. So I feel like we're kind of on edge. Or maybe I'm just bitchy. Or maybe he's just sad because he hasn't spent a lot of time with me. But this wedding should be fun today. It starts at 4. So we'll have the whole day together. Spend the night and you know, a little random hotel. And then, um, tomorrow we're heading back to, um, where the hell do I live? Richmond, Houston. Um, we're doing Dickens on the Strand in Galveston with friends and with the girls. So that'll be super cute. And on Monday, I'm going to this bloggers event, um, that my, best friend invited me to and I think the girl who's helping to put on the event her name is Allie um, she's a blogger and she invited me so my friend Megan has um, a publication and like an advertising publication and she asked me because we both mutually know Allie she's like hey are you going to Allie's event I'm like no I wasn't invited because she said are you going to her blogger event I'm like well I'm not a blogger <laughs> like not at all 
really. I mean, I'm on Instagram, but I'm not a blogger. Um, but that's not even blogging, right? I don't even, I don't even know what the standards are, but I know I don't fit into any of that. And I said, no, I wasn't invited. I'm like, but I'll go with you. Like, it sounds fun. And so, um, Megan invited me and Allie herself sent me an invitation and it's an event to, um, donate things to survivors of, uh, oh, I need to exit two miles. Okay. Let me pay attention. So survivors of human trafficking. So it's a good cause and it should be very, very interesting. I, the thing about me in, in public situations or in I hate the word networking. I fucking hate networking events. I hate, it's all very slimy and, um, selfish and I don't know, social climbing. Like that's how I feel, which maybe I'm just being a dick, but that's how I feel about networking events. Like I feel like everybody is just there to use everybody else in the room. So I like to go to different events because I really just like to meet people and, but I am not looking to grow my business in any sort of way with a networking event or anything like that. And I respect people who do it because it's fucking hard. Um, but it just makes me feel weird and uncomfortable. And when people are asking me questions, it makes me feel like, what do you want from me? (laughs) What do you think you're going to get out of me? You know? Um, And I don't mean to brag, but I do have 9,000 followers on Instagram. So I know the entire world is like, I need that bitch's following. Um, Just kidding. I will never, I don't think I'm ever, I think it's going to be like a lifelong joke. I will never hit 10,000 followers. But the truth is I don't actively seek it. If I hashtag something, it's completely random. Like I'm not working uh, my, my, what do you call it? my personal brand as I could be. And it would be really smart because I do think that um, I realize how many doors are opened even with a small Instagram following like I have. Like, it's strange. But I don't know. I'm too lazy, I think. And I feel too... I really want people to just freaking love me because they love me. And I don't want... Um, I don't know. I don't want to try to make people follow me. But then it's really about exposure. And then they fall in love anyway. So I don't know. The car got really quiet. I'm at a stop sign now. I exited. I don't even know what's happening. I think I'm... I don't understand how this works. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I told you that I had a stressful day yesterday. Well, I yesterday morning when I woke up... Um, am I getting back on the freeway? That's so dumb. Why did they do that? Um, I was feeling down and stressed out about the stuff at the salon. And then I read my daily devotional and talked to Steven and we talked to a partner of, oh fuck, I'm so scared of things. Okay. I'm getting to that point. There was a can in the road, literally a Diet Coke can and, I just had a little panic attack, a little PTSD happening here. Um, But so then all of a sudden I felt so happy and so thankful and so excited that this challenge and the way this project has, has landed us where we are right now. Like I feel really hopeful and really excited and this is a great story in the making, you know? Um, 
And so I was driving to the salon just like really happy in a really good mood, running later than I wanted to, but all was okay. Um, and I'm driving on a freeway, God knows what freeway, 30, 35, 10, I don't know, somewhere in Dallas. And there was this big black thing in the road. And it, I was on the phone with Steven, just talking to him, not looking at my phone, just driving normal. And out of nowhere, there was a car in front of me. And I don't know if they hit it or if they missed it, but this black thing comes flying up and hits the front of my car. And I said, fuck, like five times. And Steven's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I, I just hit something. I don't know. I think it was a tire, but it hit so hard. But I thought... I mean, it hit really hard, but I mean, I'm in the expedition, the prison bus, as our family calls it. And so I figured I'm probably fine. Um, But the car started making, well, it wasn't making weird noises. You know, like the front park assist, when you get too close to something, it makes that beeping noise. Well, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the car started making that noise. I was pulling off. I was close to the salon and I was getting Michael coffee, bringing him coffee. And I started hearing that noise. I'm like, what the hell? Okay, so let me pull over. I pull over and I look. The front, the first thing I notice is the license plate is like bent and it looks like somebody chewed on it. And then the the grill is cracked and broken. And the front bumper underneath is broken. I mean, it was, it's bad. I don't know what the hell I hit. I don't think there's any way it was a tire. It was something else. But it just sucked. And then whenever I got back in the car and turned it back on, that front parking assist was going bananas. Bananas. It was like they thought I was about to... I don't know. It was awful. So I had to figure out... It took me 15 minutes to try to figure out how to turn the front sensor off. And it sucks because every time I turn the car back on, I have to go through the whole process to turn the front sensor off. Otherwise, it will just scream at me. <laughs> um, so I don't know. That kind of sucked. And then yesterday, getting back in the salon and dealing with some of the things I dealt with, it was just really, really heavy. So I'm, I'm glad that I made the choice to stay and have a relaxing night to myself and I was looking forward to driving I love listening to music and I don't mind driving by myself I've I've come to really really like it and I thought I could podcast I'm so pissed that you missed what I was talking about for the 20 minutes beforehand but you know Michael and I want to do a podcast together and I think that the story that I was really getting into which is about our night out and how strange I am Um, I think it would be great to do with Michael. So next week, whenever I'm back in Dallas, I promise we will do a podcast together. We'll go sit in a quiet corner booth somewhere at a restaurant and we'll spill our guts because it's really fun and interesting and I love Dallas. (sighs) What else do I want to talk to you about? Um, We haven't talked since Thanksgiving. It was wonderful and yeah, just kind of getting back in the swing of things with work. No, I guess nothing is ever really normal. It's not like I have a nine to five where I go and clock in. It's kind of like I know the things that are most important and where I make the biggest impact. And I really try to, 
the ideal situation is for me to travel around the salons every day, be spending time with members and kind of checking up on my team, making sure that they're happy and if there's any issues that they're having that I can handle, I'm handling those, as well as making sure the cleanliness and the overall experience is great at every location. And then taking care of members. I can be in the back folding towels for them or whatever um, and just spending time with them and talking to them. I, it's great. And it's like, okay, well this week I'm going to get back on a normal schedule. Everything will be normal. And then of course that doesn't happen because hashtag life, hashtag work. Um, things pop up. I end up spending a lot of time in the corporate office or I end up driving out of town for stuff like this and next week, you know, but this is, I, I'm wherever I need to be which is great. It's just never as nice and neat as I think it's going to be. And part of me needs some sort of a routine. So I feel like, um, I don't know. I I need to know what to look forward to and what to expect. But then the other part of me needs absolute freedom and I need spontaneity in my life but only when I'm in full control of the spontaneity. (laughs) God, I'm lovely. Um, But next week will be good. So I have the blogger event on Monday. Oh my gosh. Okay, so also next week, I think I've talked to y'all about, I have a best friend of mine. We were best friends when we were in middle school. And um, we started becoming really really close whenever my sister had just passed away so I was 12 when Jeff and I became friends and we just got really really close when I was 12 I did have a crush on him I think yeah Jeff was my very first kiss yes my very first kiss it wasn't a French kiss it was just a peck I mean I was 12 and I don't know I think we dated for a week whatever that means when you're 12 to date for a week um and then we cut that shit out and just became best friends and he would fart in front of me and you know just normal but over the years we've we've stayed in touch and then we've had long periods of time where we haven't talked um but he knew my mom which is there, are very, there aren't that many people in my life that knew my mom and that kind of knew me since middle school, like since I was a kid, basically. Um, and I love him. He's a brother that I've never had. He's my brother. And so even if we were going through periods of time where we're not talking just because life, um, our birthdays are a day apart. Mine's June 12th, his is the 13th. And so we always text each other on our birthdays, kind of check in, make sure everything's going good. And, um, he was going, he's, his life, basically the, the most opposite of a human being you could imagine. That's him to me. We're obviously, I think we're very similar. I I think we get on each other's nerves because we're both Geminis. So I think our personalities are very similar. Although I think female Geminis are way easier to get to, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm lovely. I guess that's the, (laughs) that's the end of the story. But, um, he has had an insane life and seen things and done things that I have only seen on Netflix, you know, um, but 
we still love each other exactly the same. Like there's that still that foundation of just love. And he ended up going into rehab and he didn't tell me, I didn't know he was in rehab and he started, um, texting me randomly out of the blue and just very, it was a lot. And I was so confused as to why. And then I found out that he had been in rehab. And I think it made a lot of sense because I don't think he has a ton of people in his life that haven't been a part of, like, that that haven't been normal or, like, really good influences. And I know that he knows me to be a solid person and a good influence. Um, And so he did good he got out of rehab and did good for a while and then things kind of started to slip and he got into this PTSD camp in Houston because he's a veteran and he needed a ride there it was kind of like make or break Heather I need I need to get there and I don't have a way there Um, and he was living in Austin or staying in Austin at the time with a couple of suitcases and I drove down and picked him up and turned right back around and we went and dropped him off um, at the PTSD camp. It's called Camp Hope. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So he had read up on it and uh, we pull up and he walks inside and his stuff is still in the car but he walks in to kind of check in or talk to people and he comes back out and he's like it's a fucking six month program. I'm like, what? He's like, yep. And as soon as I get in, I have to turn my cell phone over. I don't get my cell phone. I can't talk to anybody for a month. I'm like, whoa. And six months is a long time. You're committing your life to this program for six months for sobriety and to deal with PTSD and all of this. And so it was, he was scared. I was a little scared for him just kind of empathizing with how I would feel with thinking there's a you know a two-month program or a three-month program 90 days versus six months you know um so I told him though like I'm not taking you anywhere else so this is it you know your rights your rights done you this is this is where you need to be so hugged him left him there and then after he was able to start getting visitors like a month later I would go and visit him on Thursdays and you could have dinner with him and um, they would have these group family meetings that you would have to attend or like loved ones meetings so we'd do that and um, he made it through the program graduated got out and I hadn't talked to him for a while things felt on on my end they felt a little bit shaky but you know having growing up with an alcoholic mom and having her pass away I was 23 and I think that one of the things that I regret the most is and I don't regret it one of the things that I wish I had had the time or the opportunity is to kind of be an adult about the situation and I don't know you know with her being my mom I don't know if this would ever actually be possible but to um be able to look at her as as an actual person and that the things that she's struggling with and going through have nothing to do with me whatsoever nothing to do with me it's not about me she's not an alcoholic 
because of me and she can't stop being an alcoholic because of me you know it hurts because you know as as this person's kid you want to be the most important thing to them that could or would stop them from doing harmful things but that's not reality it it just had nothing to do with me um so I wish that I would have had a way to get to know her um and just kind of accept her for who she is even if that meant making really really bad decisions you know and so with Jeff I think that I've my goal is to keep myself close enough to him to where he knows how much I fucking love him no matter what not based on merit not based on anything other than I just love him period there's a foundation of that I love him he's my family and that's it um but it's easy you know if you get too invested in a person's sobriety I think it's so easy to be hurt and to get in kind of almost like a toxic place where it does make sense sometimes to kind of cut them out of your life or I I don't, I want to have him close enough to where he always feels loved and accepted by me. I don't want to enable him. I will always be honest, but I don't ever plan on not being there for him. Does that make sense? That, does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense to me and maybe I'm in la la land and you know this has only been going on for less than a year and I still feel like I've I feel like I've, I've done that I encourage him in the right ways and I tell him he's being a bullshitter when he's being a bullshitter but I will say it's kind of hard for me if if he's not sober but he's trying to act like he's sober around me, that makes me kind of pull away. And I do plan on telling him that um, when I go and see him because it's only fair. But if he's fucked up and he's saying I'm fucked up, then fine, I can deal with that. Like, let's talk. Um, But anyways, so he got out of Camp Hope and I think he went to go stay with his cousin in Houston and I think it was really difficult and he was working kind of a shitty job and which is what you need to do I tell him shut the fuck up you little baby stop being a bitch and you do what you have to do you start from the ground up like you can't hustling is going to get you nowhere you know it's going to end you up back in the same place if you're lucky if you're not you're going to die or end up in jail for a really really long time so wah wah you're working a, a 12 an hour 12 dollar an hour job and you fucking hate your job who who cares who do you think you are that you think that you've survived and made it this well and that you should just snap your fingers and work this amazing job you know it this is just part of the process and yeah it fucking sucks but oh well you know but I think he was really I just don't think he was happy and he started to slip up and I knew it um and then I ended up hearing from his mom that things got really really bad and that they were able to get a hold of his mentor from Camp Hope and he came and got him I guess I'm not really sure I have I've not spoken to him since uh this has happened but he's in a a sober living place in Magnolia and so this week I'm gonna go see him he can it's not like Camp Hope like it's I I don't know what to expect here um 
but I can take him to lunch, so I'm going to take him to lunch and just spend some time with him and love on him, I guess. <sighs> and when, you know, whenever he went there, I had this um, feeling that maybe I woke up, I don't know what happened, I don't know if I had a dream, but something, and I knew that I needed to tell him that I love him and that I forgive him. Like, I had texted him when I heard he was in there, and then a couple days later, he's like, hey, I'm not really up for visitors, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, you know, and then the next day or a couple of days later, I had that dream where I knew that I just needed to tell him that I love him, I still love him, and that I forgive him. And coming from me, the thing is, I think he knows I would never hold a grudge. I would never... um, try to make him feel bad for slipping up I you know I that's not I don't feel like that's my place um I don't know so it just I needed to say it and so I texted him that and he was you know he said he loved me too and finally he messaged and you know said well I'm let's we're good let's meet up for not meet up I gotta pick his ass up but let's go to lunch and so I don't know. So that was a really long story, but I think it some good stuff. Get some insight on my life. But I have the blogger event on Monday. Maybe on Monday too, since Steven will be out of town, I'll just try to squeeze in the lunch with Jeff, or maybe I'll do that Tuesday. And then a couple more days in Dallas this week. And then Friday, um, we have the Peppa Pig. <laughs> I don't know if it's Peppa Pig on ice or just Peppa Pig on some stage, but we have tickets to some show with Steven's parents and the girls. So that'll be cute. I can't believe it's December 1st today. Gosh, just Christmas is just running at us. Um, But I'm excited. Oh my God. Sorry, on this three lane highway and it's aggressive drivers. Um, well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm really sorry that that other 20 minutes got cut out, but I promise you, I will have a podcast for you next week and I'll do it with Michael so we can, uh, we're going to give you all the juicy details. It's good. It's going to be really, really good. Yeah. Well, um, I'll wish myself safe travels. I'll wish you an amazing weekend. Let me open up this app so I can say goodbye without all the fumbling. Um, I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.